0: That's okay.
1: Okay. Welcome to Seeing Red the Pod, Episode 7. We're back. Today, we're going to talk about some Nebraska issues, particularly around the Test Nebraska website and some concerns we have. I'm April, and I'm here with Melody and our special guest, Amanda Gailey.
0: Let's get started. How you doing, Melody? Well, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there, April. It is, you know, it's tough to be isolated. It's tough to be, um, you know, fearing that the governor is finally going to be able to kill us all. Uh, His greatest (laughs) wish. Um, So, you know, it's that low level anxiety all day. (laughs) Not wrong. How are you doing, April?
1: I'm all right. Uh, You know, my family's all home and safe. No one's lost a job. Thank God. Our listeners might notice that the audio is not as amazing as usual, only because we're via Zoom, because we're social distancing. So oh, forgive us Absolutely. also we realized it has been slightly over a year since our last podcast which is crazy sorry <laughs> we
0: we have missed you so much we've mm-hmm. we've missed our our loyal listenership um all 10 of you we've we're really missing you and we're we're back and we're hoping to come back more regularly so you know cross your fingers
1: we hope you subscribed so that this magically shows up on your device and you're like, oh my gosh, and excited.
0: Yes, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, you know, wherever you get pods, we're probably there. And mm-hmm. if you get pods and you can't find us, tell us and we will figure out how to get on that platform. Yes. Well,
1: do you want to introduce our guest, Melody? She's probably a I guest love to. who needs no introduction, but we'll give her one.
0: Yes. Well, <laughs> we have... We have Amanda Gailey here who has gone down the rabbit hole and she's been researching testnebraska.com. And this is something that uh, the governor of Nebraska, Pete Ricketts, has paid uh, $27 million uh, to increase testing in our state. And he's encouraging everybody to fill out this website. And as with everything that the governor says, you know, we, we look at that through skeptical eyes. We we never believe anything he says because he's often lying and trying to kill us. So we brought Amanda on here to come and talk with us about what she has learned through her research. Welcome, Amanda, to Seeing
2: Red, the pod. Hi, thanks Talked for having research me research to me, baby. <laughs> yeah, and I should warn you guys that uh, despite, you know, making a, a... A strong effort to socially distance here. I'm having a hard time socially distancing from my giant dog. So if you hear <laughs> heavy, <laughs> if you hear heavy breathing, it's not melody. It's um, <laughs> the, my giant dog. So fair enough. And melody and melody. Okay, it might be melody
1: also, but still not Nothing really- turned melody on like research
2: on That's P- right. nefarious <laughs> plans. <laughs> to say, even Melody Heavy Breathing into the podcast is less creepy than some of the stuff going on behind Test Nebraska that I want to tell you guys about. Oh, my gosh. Well, so,
0: so let me, here's my question. Before you get into, you know, who these guys are behind the website, just, can you just tell me, what does it matter? What does it matter if absolute monsters are running this website? Like we, there's privacy policies in place and we're probably fine. Right. Like, um,
1: well, hold on. Can we back yeah. up real quick? Test Nebraska is what? Just in case you don't know.
2: Yeah. So Test Nebraska is a newly created website that, um, the, the state of Nebraska and a lot of prominent individuals who, just to be clear, if you have seen someone encouraging you to, to fill out the form at Test Nebraska, they probably have good civic minded intentions, Um, but it is a new website that is um, collecting information about Nebraska residents in an effort to kind of determine who needs to be tested for the coronavirus and um, eventually if you test positive to help do contact tracing for the virus to kind of you know, contain the virus. Um, which are laudable goals. Um, those are things you know, we should be trying to test more Nebraska residents. We should be trying to do contact tracing to, um, you know, try to contain this and and um, eliminate um, as much of it as we can. So on the face of it, this is this is a laudable undertaking. Um, but you know, if you've lived in Nebraska long enough, you've learned to become skeptical of anything that comes out of the Ricketts administration. (laughs) And so that's what we're going to talk about today, which is like what, what might be the hidden agenda or costs behind this website. Okay. Well, give us the short version and then let's dig into the guts. What do you think's going on? Okay. The short version is that there is a lot of personal information being collected by this website. That's going to at least six private corporations. And the questionable statements that have come out of the Ricketts administration, assuring that your data is secure, um, are not ironclad. There's a lot of reason to doubt them. And um, people should proceed with caution when making a decision for themselves about whether they wanna fill out this form online.
1: In, in theory, or in, yeah, how is this site supposed to help Nebraska?
2: Well, if you flip through the form, it asks, um, you know, your name, your address, the ages, your age, the ages of people who live in the home with you, what kind of contact you might've had with, um, people who have symptoms of COVID, um. What kind of social distancing measures you're taking, and what kind of underlying health conditions you might have that could complicate your situation if you do have, um, if you do test positive for coronavirus. So, mm-hmm. that, those are the kinds of questions it's asking in general. And and when, uh, what I was understanding from um, some of the press is
0: the website supposed to prioritize people so that we get all of our tests taken every day and the most, the highest priority based on whoever designates the priority gets those, gets tested.
2: That's right. If you have, um, if you've had a fever and a cough for a long time, then you're going to stand out as someone who probably needs a test more than someone who doesn't have those symptoms, right? So it's, right. it's helping them identify people that look like they need to be tested and it's giving them information about who else might live in the home and whether... If you, if you do have those symptoms and you do test positive, whether you have been isolating or just going about business as usual. So that's all like, you know, in theory, that's all really good information to have mm-hmm. in, in order to determine the neediest cases for testing and to determine who might have been exposed to the virus.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. So well, go walk, walk us right? through like, so you said it's six different companies. Right, Who six are these people? Days.
2: Yeah, so this website popped up a couple of weeks ago or maybe even less than that, uh, maybe just shy of two weeks ago. And if you if you take a look at it online, at the very bottom of the page, it lists six private companies that it claims are powering this website. I'm going to focus on two of them. Um, this evening, and um, I should add that while they list six companies at the bottom and say that the website is, is powered by them, they're also sort of, you know, making an effort to assure you that this is an official Nebraska governmental website It says brought to you by the state of Nebraska, and it has a, this, the state seal, um, so it really wants you to know that this is a governmental website, right? However, while it says brought to you by the state of Nebraska and at the very bottom as of right now, it says your personal data will never be sold. This landing page, testnebraska.com, and the health assessment available through this site is operated, this seems ungrammatical to me, but is operated by the state of Nebraska. It says all of that, but the the website itself is actually registered through the WHOIS database to a private company, um, Domo, which is one of the six listed on the site. It was purchased by them on March 31st, so considerably earlier than the site itself went public. And it, when I did just a quick peeking around before the podcast, um, it looks like Domo bought up a lot of test, fill in you know, the state name, .com URLs, Around the end of March, including Nebraska, but not all states. So, um, there's, you know, they're they're really wanting you to believe that it's an official Nebraska website, but it is actually the uh, URL is owned by a private company, Domo. It's registered through GoDaddy. Domo itself, Mm -hmm. I'll just mention really briefly, is a data analytics company that's uh, headquartered in Utah. And um, what they do, it looks like, you know, if you, if you are a CEO of a company and you have a sales inventory on one platform and some other platform that tracks some kind of, you know, time spent by employees and that kind of thing, Domo works with really big companies to bring all that data together and allow people to kind of access integrated visualizations of all of that corporate data at one time. So this is a data collection and analysis company that literally owns the URL of the website that you're visiting when you go there. That ought to, in to my mind, right off the bat, signal to you that something's a little fishy, right? So if you go... You know, it's a little
0: weird. So you said the Nebraska SEAL was on the website, and I have looked at the website before, and I didn't remember seeing it there, but you are right. It's way at the bottom. And I was, so I looked up testiowa.com, which mm-hmm. because we know Iowa started using this right before us. It's exactly the same, except yeah. Iowa at the very bottom says your data is protected and they list a very specific Iowa statute. And then I looked up test Utah and it looks not quite the same, but very similar. And they all have the same little logo in the top upper left-hand corner. Um, so they're definitely branding this like a corporate company would. And then um, at the bottom of the test, Utah, there's not six companies. It's 12 companies. No, what? 13 what? companies. So that's, that's interesting. So, okay. Sorry, so I just that was something strange that. And let's leave on there yeah. too.
1: Test Utah started. It's the same people. And then what we've read online through reputable sources like the Des Moines Register is that ashton kutcher (laughs) was on a call with the iowa governor and said hey have you heard of this test utah some guys i know and then suddenly since iowa and nebraska are working together now they're both on the same site yeah you can't make this stuff up
2: so yeah so let's if we can take a look at this for just a second you're getting towards the you know one of the main things i want to talk about here I mean, we don't, I don't know exactly how Nebraska came to this contract. It's like a very opaque contract. Senator Megan Hunt has complained on social media that she has not had any luck finding out the information you would expect to be transparent about how this contract was secured, what the terms of the contract are. It's a, I think it's a over $20 million no bid contract to do this information for the state and nobody knows um, how it came about or what's going on with it. Which is crazy. Um, I read 20 million. it was
0: $27, 27, million. 27 million. and the mm-hmm. Iowa contract was $26 million, and the Utah contract, you'll never believe this, $5 million. It yeah. costs yeah. five times, almost six times more to do it in Nebraska than Utah. That's, that's interesting. Yes. Which is weird because they promised
1: I, Utah things they never delivered. They promised over 4,000 tests to start a day huh. and said they could scale up to 10,000 and they never made the 4,000 mark. Right. And then huh. they go to Iowa, Nebraska, and they're promising us 3,000 a day. Right.
0: I'd also <laughs> so Remember when that. the governor gave all of our, remember when the governor gave uh, like $50,000 to a guy in India
2: for illegal drugs?
0: I don't think we ever got those drugs or the money back.
2: No, but, you know, <laughs> it also add that, like, you know, if it was really cheap for them to set it up for Utah, it's not clear why it would be so much more expensive to set it up for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, we have I'm a sure our populations right, are not that different. Right. But, you know, if we take a look at this for a second, there are six companies listed. The main one, the main kind of driver behind all of this is the one called Nomi Health. That's N-O-M-I, Nomi Health. And oh yeah, I see them at the bottom. Right. And they're kind of, I think in the middle or something, right? But they're the they're, they're the main mm-hmm. company behind the site. And the CEO of Nomi Health is named Mark Newman. Prior to all of this, he had no healthcare experience. In fact, his main experience was starting up a company called Higher View. So there's a double entendre, like higher, you know, like higher up, but higher H-I-R-E. Oh. <laughs> v- V-U-E, which is not how anyone spells view, but HireVue. What HireVue, they, when they started out, what they were doing was providing some kind of a platform, I think a lot like Zoom, which we're using right now, to allow companies to conduct video interviews with job applicants. But eventually what they transformed into was this extremely fishy, controversial company that was claiming to take the video footage of of an applicant interviewing for a job and subject it to a proprietary secret artificial intelligence process that would analyze the job applicant's facial features, vocabulary, et cetera, and then determine their suitability for the position. And I, like, if you asked me to cook up the worst sounding scenario (laughs) for like Silicon Valley ethos BS. That's what it would be, right? So they don't tell you how it works. They just, you, you know, use, you pay them for their services. They subject job applicants to this dehumanizing freaky process. And then it spits back a, yes, you can hire them. No, you can't. And everything about that screams discrimination, right? So there's there's a like well-documented f- phenomena of algorithms like this being racist, sexist, eliminating people with certain kinds of neurodiversity or disabilities from job pools. Like the, the very best you can hope for from software like this is that they are taking people who have been really good hires and comparing applicants against those people which, I mean, I I hope that sounds problematic to anybody who's listening to this, right? But at the very least, what that's doing is it's taking people who were hired in the past when people were, you know, maybe more likely to be discriminatory in different ways and saying that Mm -hmm. that's a standard we're supposed to be holding ourselves to now. So anyway, there are all kinds of reasons to think that this algorithm is a pseudoscience (laughs) Um, and be discriminating against people racially, disability-wise, gender-wise. Um, and, of course, they don't disclose any of this. They don't say how they're working. And so a couple of years ago, year so, and a half ago or so. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was going to just say, like,
0: we already know that in many, many industries, if not all industries, we have a lack of diversity around all of the classes of people that there are, except for white guys, pretty much. Yep. Um, and so, like, if you're saying if white guys are the standard, how do women stack up against that? How do people of color stack up against that? How do people with, um, who have had, you know, different medical issues or who have certain, you know, just differences in their face resting bitch face. Does that work against you? Like, <laughs> right. are you like, I just, how do you, that doesn't make any sense to me at all that that no, would be. And I'm wondering like if they had government contracts and I'm wondering,
2: I don't, I, I have so many questions now, but. I mean, who um, knows? Because yeah. among other things, they will not disclose their list of clients. They don't disclose how their algorithm works. This is why there is a consumer rights and privacy rights organization um, that uh, filed a com- complaint, um, the Electronic Privacy Information Center filed a complaint in late 2017 with the Federal Trade Commission begging the FTC to investigate this company. Um, for example, wow. as you just mentioned, right? So, because what wow. we do know, what we do know is that when, when researchers have been able to access algorithms like this, what they've discovered is that the algorithms are very likely to ascribe poor outcomes and poor conclusions to people who stray from the standard white dude model, right? So yes, so the entire business model that this guy was basing his business on was this kind of like techno-pseudo-scientific BS, right? Like, oh, well, if we call it an algorithm, then it must be scientific, (laughs) Um, That kind of Silicon Valley nonsense, which is which is just one of one of the more destructive impulses, I think, in our economy right now. Right. But so, you know, one thing that
0: people maybe don't know is when it comes to algorithms, there's actually problematic things happening all over. So in like New Jersey, they were using an algorithm to decide like what in their criminal justice system. But it was based on historical information and historically they have had, you know, poor people and undesirables and people of color have gotten unfair outcomes. So if you base an algorithm off historical norms, you're going to keep getting, you can't just whitewash it and say, well, technology fixed it. Um, That's actually just a huge problem around all kinds of sectors where people who don't really understand tech and history uh, this is also why everyone should be getting a liberal arts degree so that you can come to any work you do uh, exactly. with a historical perspective.
2: I, just, okay, right, right. I have to make that Thank plug. You. You know. Thank you for putting a plug in for a liberal arts degree. So, um, but here it gets even fishier. So, so he, he founded this company before he moves into Nomi Health. Well, he also joined the board of a pharmaceutical supply company called Meds in Motion. I have a feeling that there's something fishy in this uh, pharmaceutical company. There is. So Meds in Motion is one of the main suppliers in the United States of hydroxychloroquine. And if that... Multisyllabic word sounds familiar to you. That would be because it is the antimalarial drug that our illustrious president has been pushing for some time as a potential COVID cure. Which multisyllabic is my favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trump has been pushing this as a potential COVID cure. The preliminary research, you know, that's been coming out though, when they've been trying this on patients, shows that if anything, this actually increases the risk of death for people suffering from from COVID, when they're put on this yeah. anti- anti-malarial. So, okay, so um, the CEO of Nomi Health, Mark Newman, is also on the board of Meds in Motion, which is one of the suppliers of hydroxychloroquine. And if you remember, April, it was I think you're the one who pointed out that they started this test, fill in the blank state business in Utah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Utah had a contract um, to purchase $800,000 worth of hydroxychloroquine. And they, in fact, were going to purchase some millions of dollars more that they recently canceled when some of this data started to come back from some of this scientific research. So, right out of the gate, I want to point out that if you fill out this Test Nebraska form, it asks things like your name, your address, your weight. Do you have a heart condition? Do you have asthma? You know, kind of like general basic, private, but you know, basic questions like that. And then it specifically asks you if you have an allergy to hydroxychloroquine. And that's kind of weird. Did yeah. they do they ask if you
0: have an allergy to like penicillin or latex myiotics.
2: or there are no questions? And like yeah, that. no, they do not ask that. They ask about hydroxychloroquine. At the very least, this kind of then elevates hydroxychloroquine to something that, oh, well, why are they asking about? Maybe that's something I should be taking. Maybe, in fact, right. if they're just asking if I have an allergy about it, maybe the only reason to not be taking that is if I have an allergy, right? Like, they didn't ask about guafinesin or whatever else, like maybe a cop- <laughs> yeah, Like, you know, they're not, they're not asking about They're asking about bleach allergies. <laughs> Do you have an allergy to injecting? Clorox brand bleach, only Clorox brand bleach your veins. eliminates <sighs> the virus. Yeah, so they specifically ask about about this drug. I so there's an there's obvious conflict of interest here that there is no way that independently hydroxychloroquine somehow magically, you know, rose through the ranks of the billion things that this fairly short. Questionnaire could be asking you about as being one of the top things to ask about right but no the CEO of the company behind this whole thing has um, a Financial interest in pushing hydroxychloroquine literally down your throat, right? And so to, to make things even worse when he was asked about this by the press um, The press, you know said hey isn't this a con- conflict of interest that you are pushing hydroxychloroquine through this, these you know testing websites when you have a financial investment, he just made this. He made this like really duplicitous comment in response, which was that no, because um, you know people can get should just go get their prescriptions filled from Walgreens or CVS or wherever, and that could be filled by anybody. Um, but of course, like, do you have any idea who the pharmaceutical supplier is behind your medication when you go to the pharmacy? No, the only time I
1: found out was when one supplier had to shut down and then it was hard to find my medicine. (laughs) Right. Right.
2: (laughs) And, you know, if, and if you are the, if you are one of the main suppliers of a specific product, of course, pushing that product in general is also pushing your company's stake in it, right? You know, like if you're an apple grower and you're pushing apples, (laughs) in general, that benefits you as a specific app. I mean, it's so, it's so, such clear nonsense. And so the reason I'm bringing all this up is that, you know, there, there's a specific conflict of interest in this website with this hydroxychloroquine kind of thing. But I personally, you know, I don't know how you could trust these people any further than you could throw them because when they're asked straightforward questions about things like this, they, offer cagey answers. So when I see, you know, I, um, we have a great volunteer at seen Red Nebraska that has been following the Ricketts um, corona briefings every day when the rest of us do not have the stomach for that. And she pointed out that about a week ago, someone asked the governor whether or not uh, the our data would be sold if we, if we filled out the test Nebraska um, form, and he said he didn't know and deferred the question to his aide And this happened, I think a couple of days in a row when they said they didn't know. And then just recently, I think maybe over the weekend, Rickus came wait, out. Wait,
1: wait, did I just,
2: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to make sure I
0: understood what you just said. Did you say that the head of the state, the governor who approved a no bid twenty seven dollars taxpayer-funded contract doesn't know the privacy policy of our health data mm, That's what he was answering ding ding ding, ding ding ding. Okay, I just want to make sure I understood because that okay, okay,
1: go on, go and, on. and its no, it makes sense though. I mean he's a business guy. he doesn't give a shit shoot shit
0: whatever <gasps> April, <gasps> April, that. There are
2: children like or
1: not well, there's
0: probably not you know. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: The business doesn't give a shit. He hasn't thought twice about that because why would he? Right. Okay, well, surely then, like, he probably then researched it, and now he knows the answer, right? Yeah, so you're, what he's, happened?
2: He's real big on research. You can tell by, you know, our lack of doing anything <laughs> meaningful in the state to prevent the spread of this disease. Research librarian I, laughs at his research. That's right. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so his initial responses to this question, what's going on with our data? If you want to know our private, you know, health information, what's going on with this was, I don't know. I don't know what the no bid contract, these Utah tech dude bros, um, includes, Hmm. but within the last couple of days, he has come forth to proclaim to the people of the state of Nebraska, that he swears. He promises that your data will not be sold. And in fact, the website says at the bottom, your data will not be sold. But interestingly, that's not what it used to say. Oh. So I, I want to make two points about this. Number one, if a company tells you tells you your data will not be sold, that is a carefully chosen piece of language that you should not consider reassuring. All that means is that they are saying that they are not going to take your personal data and say, here is the information about April Jorgensen, right, and here's, here's what she said about her pre-existing conditions and blah, 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 blah. There are lots of other ways that private companies can monetize that information you gave them without literally selling your data directly to a third party. So them saying we're not selling your data does not mean we're not profiting off your data. Those are completely different claims that's my first point. Second point is that it looks like they have changed what they've been saying with uh, about what they're going to do with our data. So as of tonight, the bottom of Test Nebraska says, what is tonight? What date? I'm sorry, it's Tuesday, April twenty eighth. Okay. And it says your personal data will never be sold at the bottom of the page. And then it says that this landing page, testnebraska.com, and the health assessment available through this site are operated by the state of Nebraska. And um, it looks though that if we look at older versions of this website, there was a link. It used to say this landing page, testnebraska.com, and the health assessment available through this site is operated by the state of Nebraska. Assessment information provided. By users is subject to the following privacy policy found here with a link that I can't get to right now there used to be a privacy policy linked on this page that's not there anymore hmm. and there was someone on Twitter and I, I we don't know who this person is um, well, I just an this... update to that as well oh you do okay go ahead then well, you know more about it than I do so anymore. someone
1: on Twitter said um, hey this privacy policy you know is not what you think it is so he the guy sorry the guy on twitter sent an email and heard back that um it was like copied and pasted accidentally from another website oh oops or another um nebraska resource Mm -hmm. but he you know his point was Linking another company's privacy policy isn't strong evidence that this company is going to handle my data appropriately.
0: That's a really <laughs> good point. So, so also, first I, of all, so hold on, there was a privacy policy. They don't have it there anymore. Yes. What about people who filled out the assessment and actually are they is their data
2: beholden to the privacy policy that was posted when they filled it out? Well, let's hope. that an interesting I, question for a lawyer because the privacy policy Appears so. You know, I want to be really clear here. This is a secondhand source that we're basing this on. Like I, you know, because sure. it's been taken down, we're we're basing this on someone who says they took a screenshot of it. Okay, so we haven't been able to like see the screenshot yet ourselves, but the screenshot does show a kind of cut and paste um, privacy policy that you can find in various places online, but it specifically says. Confidential customer information generally is one of the transferred business assets. So as we continue to develop our business, we may buy or sell businesses or assets. In such transactions, confidential customer information generally is one of the transferred business assets. So Hmm. at some point in the last week or so, there was a link probably off of the bottom of that page that was telling you, if you followed it, that yes, you're going to fill out this information. And if Nomi Health decides to sell out to another company, they're going to sell that third party all of your information. That link has now been removed. And now it just says your data will never be sold. But I want to just say that, you know, one of the six companies linked at the bottom. One of the big ones is that one I mentioned, first of all, called Domo, right? One of these um, data collection and analysis firms. And I would point out that we're talking about a single... So if we take this website at face value, you're just filling out a fairly simple Google form, or I'm sorry, it's not literally Google form, but that's what it looks like, right? It's like asking you, what's your name? What's your address? Where have you been? What are your symptoms? You just fill this information out. They're... It's not supposed to be integrating this data with a bunch of other systems, right? It's like Mm -hmm. one form that you're filling out. So why is a company that specializes in this um, sophisticated machine learning data integration involved in this project? If you look this company up, Domo, they are being touted these days, well, they're, they're, they're making the press for two reasons. One is that the CEO, Josh James, has gotten into some hot water for what one person said was using the company as his personal piggy bank and doing some fishy Oops. stuff. Yep. Some fishy Trump like stuff, like leasing his own private jet back to the company, you know, stuff like that. But they're also being described as kind of like a prime company that's about to be bought out by a big player in data analytics, such as Google. Mm -hmm. and that's if you just don't take my word for it go you know look them up um look up domo and you'll see this for yourselves that people think that they're the kind of company because their main competitors have already been bought out in that way that they're going to be bought out by a company like google and it looks like what they were explicitly telling nebraskans a week ago was that if that were to happen All of that information you just gave them about your pre-existing conditions, etc., is going to be handed over to whoever they sell, whoever they sell out to.
0: So it looks like they are competing with Tableau. Um, Just in a quick Google of them, that is their main competitor in the space. And Tableau is huge in data visualization. Um, Probably some of our listeners have heard of Tableau. So that's the level um no that they are in the market (laughs) (laughs) well if you ever have like they are they're really um great they're a seattle-based company and they do a really interesting stuff and they're good at taking complicated data and showing you simplified graphs so that like non-data people can make decisions based on big data and
1: in an ideal world that would be really great for health information really great right only if they have the right protections and the right intentions, right, right safeguards. I was wondering, so I'm hoping in, in uh, essence of time for our listeners, who is helping us in this area of where we're concerned about test Nebraska and who is looking into how did this come about? Do we have any senators on our side,
2: state senators? I mean, I would just point to Senator Megan Hunt. Um, she's kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, she's trying to hold the administration's feet to the fire over this, but it's not, she's the one who did the open records request, right? She is. And, you know, I know we have, um, Ari Cohen, um, who our listeners are, are, you know, probably aware of, um, he is a contributor to our blog scene, Red Nebraska. And he, you know, like quite understandably was his employer recommended that employees fill out this form. Mm-hmm. Um, it sound like, I mean, I feel like most of us grew up in a United States where we had a baseline level of trust in certain kinds of things. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to overstate that, but like public health initiatives, what we're describing right now would have sounded like conspiracy theory stuff, right? And so, of mm-hmm. course, you know, if your state's like, hey, we really want to find out who has this disease, so we can track it down and contain it. We'd be like, yeah, let's do our part here. Let's knock this thing out. But the fact of the matter is what we're doing is we're feeding an untold number of private companies information that they will turn into profits and monetize. And meanwhile, what is our state government and their high donors doing as far as their part goes? Virtually nothing. The meatpacking plans are still open. Mm -hmm. Nebraska Crossing is reopening. The people who have money and power are not doing much at all to prevent the spread of this disease. Instead, they are shunting blame onto the most vulnerable and powerless people in the state, like immigrants and low-wage workers, and now they're trying to act like they're engaged in some kind of science through this very questionable website that is feeding private information over to at least six different corporations to monetize.
0: And well, that is, they, you know, a dystopian nightmare. I look, Just a quick thing, I looked up, um, it looks like Senator Megan Hunt, who is based in Omaha, was denied access to the contract. They will not really? let a state legislator see the contract between the state and this uh, $26 million uh, Profitable company and How Senator, the, sh- uh, I don't know, but that's why she did the open records request because she wants I'm, a copy of the contract. I'm and having then, a really hard time keeping
1: this conversation PG right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then <laughs> Senator Michaela Cavanaugh is also asking some pretty tough questions on social media about privacy concerns. So those were the first two that I really saw uh, questioning. And she's also <laughs> based in Omaha. Also, can we just say they're both women and then also the mayor of Omaha, the mayor of Lincoln, the two population centers are doing mm. a really, really great job of keeping numbers low with their work. Like, Can we get more women in government? I want that to be a takeaway from this episode.
2: And, you know, I agree up, up. because it's going to be a cold day in hell before you hear me say much as complimentary about, say, Omaha's mayor. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess it's a cold day in hell today because the one thing I can say is that we are seeing uh, we are seeing what we would hope to see, which is that people might have ideological differences on any n- number of things, but when it comes to things like epidemiology, disease, and public health, we're going to look at the facts. And mm-hmm. for some reason, this is becoming an increasingly partisan issue in the country and, and especially the state, right? Like it's like, oh, it's a partisan issue to just say, hey, let's do what's required to keep people healthy. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a really sad fact. And I think we can see other states that are not going that way. And we, we in Nebraska deserve that kind of leadership. We deserve leadership that cares about our lives
0: and not mm-hmm. just
2: whether or not um, the owners of meatpacking plants and malls get to make money. You know, yep. this is going to be the
1: best oh. comparison I've ever made, but maybe it'll resonate with common folk like myself. <laughs> you will, el- we elected all these people, right? And as a state, whatever. And it's like dating. You can change your mind. You can say, oh, under fire, that guy really sucked. We don't have to reelect that guy or that chick or whatever. and that's really important (laughs) that we take a look after something unprecedented historic whatever like a pandemic and say that guy's not coming back
0: (laughs) i love thinking about it like that it's okay we're just not that into you we went on a few dates we gave you some time we're not that into you anymore time to break up hi peter halloran you're up for election is anybody even an running against that guy?
1: Like, right in against that guy. I- I'll run. I will move. Somebody pay for like a one bedroom apartment. I will I'll build in. you a, a log cabin <laughs> in a shed. I don't even need a process. shed. Just like like a yard, like a, a lawnmower shed in Hastings. Yes. Ah. And I will unseat Halloran. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. I mean, I won't be able to pay my mortgage anymore on that salary, but
2: I'm sure people will bring us well, food, feed my children.
0: Yeah, I will. I'll I'll <laughs> send some food out there for you. <laughs>
2: well, uh, we'll, well, place, we'll place a little TV dinner under the door of the aluminum storage uh, shed. You'll have to leave the you know log cabin you've built inside of it. I, I hope everybody knows who's listening that we're referring to Tom Brewer, who claims to live inside a log cabin inside a giant aluminum <laughs> shed. In his yeah. desk in order to meet residency requirements. So when in fact yes. he's most
1: often heard and seen in his home outside Elmwood, oh,
0: Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh my goodness. And by I say her, well, I mean Amanda you know, can Q shotguns. Amanda, I know um I know you are you have a strong interest of poetry and literature. It as as a takeaway for today, is there Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thank you for coming on, but is there anything that you would recommend our listeners, a poem that's really resonating with you right now, or a book that you want to give a shout out
2: to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Ooh, the one you told me about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, this is not uplifting, but I would really recommend Shoshana Zuboff's book. That's Zuboff, Z-U-B-O-F-F. Her book, um, The Age of Surveillance Capitalism, which um, yeah. really explains in detail how some of this data analysis works in historically unprecedented ways to violate our privacy and in our inner lives. And, you know, I'm in a real W.H. Auden mood lately as far as poetry goes. So um I'm gonna recommend reading him or Emily Dickinson. Those are my those are my go-tos in times of trouble. I find a lot of solace and comfort in um in those poets.
1: I'm gonna tell you, any listener, you can't get that book from the public library because I have it. (laughs) (laughs) No books are due till June 1st. So good luck. Go to Wait, I go thought go they were do Amazon. May
0: first.
1: In Lincoln, um, sure they moved it back I don't to know. June again. Wow. It's also so a I... light five hundred some pages. But um, Oh yeah. it is. A little nighttime a little nighttime yeah. reading. Amanda but... recommended it and I'm I'm gonna read it. It's how I work. It's
2: super Good. long. It there is a lot of back matter. Yeah. So but oh, well, I'm not like, counting the back matter. <laughs> I yeah, I was gonna. Say, I think it might go up to 700, but don't mm-hmm. let that dissuade you. Like, and once you start reading it, you're gonna want to keep reading. You're gonna be like, "Oh, I did not know that," and you'll you'll be hooked. I think a chapter. I'm, in. I'm
1: not gonna lie. I started. And who the was the pandemic author of that hit. book? Shoshana Zuboff.
2: Zuboff a Shoshana Business Zuboff. Professor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I tried to read it at the beginning of pandemic, and then my brain was like. You're trying to survive right now and get your household together. You cannot read anything important. Mm. So I put it aside. (laughs) But I have till June 1st, so I'll get there.
2: I'm feeling better. Like, I'm able to read a lot now. You know, and since we've been on this topic, I would also recommend a book called um, Race After Technology by Ruha Hmm. Benjamin. And it really goes into detail about how supposedly neutral algorithms have racist consequences and it's a new book what was it called it? Ruha Benjamin what was it called yeah her name's Ruha Benjamin it's called race after technology oh okay mm-hmm. and I wanna, you know, just came out I think in 2019 I think is when it was published so it's a pretty new book and it looks at some of the stuff we're talking about here tonight hey
1: Melody didn't you, you saw a, didn't you say you saw a TED talk or something about Kind of like on the yeah you know what
2: i'll
0: look side. it up i'll so look it up and we'll it. put it in the show notes we'll put all this in the show notes folks don't worry about it we got it we'll get you well i i think we're we're done there um yeah.
1: amanda thank you for coming on it, it's yeah. not really fair when the guest outshines the host but you know what? sometimes it has to be done <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, i bow down partly, to your
1: excellency Appreciate you know i have being just, on.
2: I've just loved what you guys have been doing with this pod the whole time. It's just been fantastic. And so I'm glad to finally, you know, get to come on. So. Well,
1: thank you. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, politics from the left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne on Facebook at Seeing Red Nebraska, or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com. You can find this pod on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Stitcher.